0: At Behind the Seed Podcast, we explore the changing ways we feed the world. We talk tech, research and how it will affect paddocks near you. I'm Bridget Smith, a former rural journalist and your host.
1: It's really nice to um, combine both businesses, the precision planting business, because we're able to talk to a large number of growers and I get the opportunity to to learn as much off the growers as they learn off us.
0: When Dave McGavin saw lost potential in the sunflower summer crop he was growing on his family farm, he knew there must be a better way of farming. He found the seeds weren't precisely placed and there was uneven germination which led to a smaller yield. Unsatisfied, Dave went searching for the best possible planter he could find and that's when he discovered precision planting. It was also the start of a successful family business off the farm too, which saw Dave return to his earlier career in agricultural sales. Dave, what was it about the precision equipment that set it apart from the rest?
1: Um, I think initially when I started looking, it was um, the amount of information you could have on hand in the cab when you were planning. Uh, Rather than being out the back scratching around in the ground, you basically were diagnosing what was wrong with your plan from the seat of the tractor so um, it kept us moving through the field but also gave us individual information about every row and um, just led us to if we had an issue we were able to pinpoint it and fix it so just having that extra level of information was really handy.
0: And how has precision planting made a difference on your farm?
1: Um, I think it's made a huge difference. At the start I guess I was reading brochures like everyone else does and you know there was always a lot of testimonials about how good the products were. But once I'd used each and every one of those products you realised that the people in those brochures were just someone that had a good experience, a bit like myself, and pretty much everything we put on the planner and still to this day every time we add a product it seems to add value. It doesn't seem to take a lot of yield improvement to pay for a product. A small percentage of yield increase um, can pay for products really quickly. And So yeah, every time we add a new product, we added a couple of new ones this year and you just seem to get that extra level of information and at least be able to justify it in your own mind while we've spent the money. So we're we're really no different to all of our customers. Even though we're a precision planning dealer, um, we still buy the products, put them on our own planter and love them and that's why we enjoy selling them.
0: And on that note, how much has it increased your yields?
1: It's hard to say because although we started precision planting back, I'd say in the early 90s, we probably went away from that for a short period of time when we went um, to a single disc machine. So we jumped back out of that single disc machine into some really good technology. So there was a huge improvement from what basically when we really started in say 2010 there's been a huge improvement it wouldn't be hard to say we'd had 20% increase in that time but it would be hard for other people to justify that if they're already doing a good job you know five percent yield increase is quite achievable and um, I'm sure most people have got something they can improve on.
0: Dave what should growers consider when they're planting a crop?
1: I guess when I first probably started to look into it a bit more seriously, I used to think that spacing was the most important factor. Um, And it is very important, but really germination is king. You've got got to be able to get the crop out of the ground. So it doesn't matter how good um, your spacing is if you can't get it out of the ground. So I guess we've probably got to work on putting the seed in a good environment. So that's going to need... Good moisture, good temperature, and not too much compaction around the seed. Um, Also, we've got to have the seed where the soil's not too loose. We've got to compress some of that soil so we can get the air out of it. So yeah, I'd say germination is the key. So we've got to make sure those three things: moisture, Um, I guess moisture, temperature, and a good environment where that seed has got, you know, even of uh, soil around it.
0: What about seed spacing and in particular if they aren't spaced properly what, what can happen?
1: Seed spacing will lead to a couple of things. If you've got really bad spacing where we're seeing two seeds together quite often one of those seeds is going to get away first and that um, may lead to the other one just becoming a weed. Um, it'll get overshadowed by the the first seed that gets out of the ground and it'll just become a weed where it won't produce any serious amount of grain. And also the you know the unevenness of crop will lead to a variation in, I guess, when the crop finishes coming through to harvest. So as you're trying to fine-tune the crop, of course, germination's key to start with and then that seed spacing will just make sure that whole crop grows like a forest, I guess. So that's what we're trying to achieve rather than have um, an uneven crop um, you want the all to almost look like you can walk across the top of it.
0: What about plant maintenance is also important. When should farmers do it and, and how often would you
1: suggest? I believe the, the best time, a little bit like the harvester, the best time to um, do your plant and maintenance is straight after planting or as sooner after as you can because you seem to remember some of the things you've had issues with. And they may only be small, small problems, but um, you'll, they'll be fresh in your mind after planting. And really, we can spend one or two days on the planter and get it right up to speed um, before we put it away for the season. And then we know, really, we're going to pull it out of pull it out of the shed, check a couple of things, and we're right to go. Sometimes that rain can come, you know, out of the blue, and then we want to plant the next day. So we see that a little bit with some guys we talk to. There, the rains just come unexpectedly, and they want to plant the next day, and it's really nice if they can be prepared for that to take advantage of the moisture.
0: Behind the Seed podcast is proudly brought to you by Pacific Seeds, breeding, producing and supplying leading broadacre seed solutions. Now, Dave, you've, um, your line of work has also taken you internationally. You've worked in the American corn industry. Can you tell me a bit about what you did?
1: Well, we just... Tend to study a little bit over there. We get try and get involved with the guys in the US a bit. Although our corn is not everything we do, um, we you can learn a lot about corn in the states and what they're trying to do to increase their yield and um, apply it to other crops out here. So we just try and spend as much time as we can with the guys, particularly from Precision Plant, and a, a couple of other guys that we work with over there, just so we can try and learn learn off them. You seem to get a little bit of, I guess, a little bit of their knowledge rub off on you just by being around them.
0: And what are some of the key findings or learnings that you've, you've taken from those trips that you've brought, managed to bring back home?
1: The most surprising thing is how, how important the planner is to the guys in, in the States, because I guess, one, they've got a fair bit of time during winter to look over their planners when it's snowing, but also as they're doing that, um, they're finding how important it is to have the planter running smoothly, um, keep all that seed at good depth, and they're, they're really trying to achieve the, the same thing as we are. But quite often our conditions are a lot more variable, so therefore we've probably got more to gain from looking after our planters. The difference in Australia is I don't think we really have that downtime. There's always something to do for farmers. Generally, they're growing some winter crop as well as summer crop, so we've got a I think schedule time to do the planners or or find someone else that'll maintain your planner or spend an hour or two having a look over it for you.
0: Dave, what have you been doing to match sorghum hybrids with soil?
1: We've been looking into it for quite a few years now. So on our farm we needed to create some zone where we'd like to place different varieties. So the way I think of it is maybe some of our area requires almost an irrigated type variety and others are like a, a drier type variety so I'll keep it fairly simple um, when I look at the soil types but I wanted to create a map based on soil type so therefore you need a ground engaging tool basically so we want to know not what happened to the crop in that area but where the soil type changed. We did a couple of things precision planning I've got a smart firm so we took some data for that from that sorry and then also we purchased a Verus machine and that basically told us where the soil type changed, where, the, where there was more clay content than sand and then from there we basically made up our own mind where the high yielding areas were. Generally it, it falls back to where there's more organic matter and uh, a heavier clay content for us because um, I guess we're moisture farmers a bit like most guys in Australia so the heavier the clay content for us as long as it's got the good organic matter level, means so the higher the moisture holding capacity, so our crop will hang on a lot longer. So yeah, we created those zones. Worked with the seed salesman and the agronomist to decide which variety was the best for that soil type. So the the first year we planted, we I think we were fairly conservative. We sort of split our farm. I think it was something like forty six percent we said was our good soil type 54 was our bad soil type so we were fairly conservative first year in and we didn't vary the population just the hybrid yeah we had a good result one thing I noticed is the yield evened out a lot for us so we didn't have those real highs and lows we had um, better more general yield across the farm so once you've got areas that have got basically zero population it's hard to bring the yield back up so we're going to continue to look into that and probably fine tune our zones and um, be a bit more aggressive as far as our good soil types. We're going to consider more area of our good soil types so we can push the envelope a little bit.
0: And Dave, just onto the um, the, the multi hybrid planter, how does that work?
1: And there's a couple of different ways we can do it. The V set select. Meter that we use is basically two meters are face to face. If you think of it, um, we've got one meter facing one way and we flip one the opposite way, and then that allows those two seed meters to deliver seed down the same seed tube. They're just basically spinning the opposite direction and dropping seed down the same seed tube. And after we've put the variable population map or the multi hybrid map into the monitor, it knows as we're coming into an into one zone where we may um, we've got our high yielding variety and it can switch the higher yielding variety off and turn the lower yielding or the tougher variety back on instantaneously so it's able to achieve zones of sub meter I guess very small zones whereas there's a new new system out now that precision planning's got that allows for more a blended zone that they're basically trying to allow the average farmer, to be able to make a decision on their planter after the fact to go to multi-hybrid so there's an attachment where it will only require one meter and that's uh when i say it's a blended zone it's the seed meter has got a small amount of seed in it and when it changes where it changes soil types it can open open the distribution flap and let the next variety in on top so one variety will empty out of the meter and the new variety starts so it's a more cost effective way to do it and you just need larger zones or not be as specific. Normal, normally there's not a line in the sand where one where you've got your good soil and your bad soil, it normally does blend anyway.
0: So with the multi-hybrid planter, how is it making it more cost-effective for farmers?
1: I believe the multi-hybrid planter this year in particular, I've noticed when we planted at home, it was more important than ever to be able to have a choice where we plant our Good variety versus our tough variety. Probably not from a high-end yield percent um, perspective for us this year. This year, we had a really low amount of moisture. Um, we, we didn't have a full profile. We were sort of borderline whether we would or wouldn't plant this year. But just having that flexibility where we can decide, okay, this is an area that's going to, at the moment, be holding less moisture we're going to put that tougher variety in there it was huge for us this year because you know the soil zones vary so much through most people's farms. At a glance, I guess, most fields can tend to look evenly, but as you start to look heavier at them, there's not generally one area that you can chop off and say, okay, that's all good soil type, we're going to put a good variety in there. So the multi-hybrid plant basically just gives you the flexibility to put the seed type that you want, in the soil type that you want rather than the average planter now I guess can vary population but that's not always the answer when you're trying to make a a crop sort of see through a tough period so as much as the multi-hybrid seems like it's a tool to give you really high yield I think it's a tool to give you a, a safe yield so you don't have a failure in a tough year.
0: And how does a multi-hybrid planter differ from, say, the conventional row crop planters?
1: The main difference is um, your conventional planter or your conventional meter has only got the ability to put one seed variety out, really. So we're basically just carrying two seed types and then we've put a variable rate map in the monitor, so it, it knows where to turn on and off. I guess secondary to that precision planning's idea with uh, the smart firmer is to let that smart firmer decide okay, now I'm in a low organic matter area, we're going to go with the tougher variety, all the parameters that the farmers set up in that. There is a big difference, there's a lot more technology on the planner, um, but um, as the years have gone on, that technology. You know, it's become fairly reliable. So you know, now it's not as daunting with technology on the planet. It's actually an easier operation than having a basic planner with sprockets and chains. We're basically removing all that, and I guess it's fly by wire, so to speak. It's just an electrical current that's turned the meter, and that that means we're all completely variable rate. We're able to have the flexibility to do exactly what we want. I'd say, yeah, it's very user-friendly. Um, and some of the comments we've had, of course, there's a learning curve and we do spend a lot of time you know, talking growers through it, but we've had a lot of guys that have been surprised on how easy the system is to operate.
0: Is it a big investment um, for farmers to make?
1: There's two ways of looking at that. If you've got a planner that is a 20-year-old planner at the moment and may have a low value, yes, it is potential that you can spend as much as what that existing planner is worth. So it may be cheaper to go and buy a brand new planner without the technology on it or just spend the equivalent of that money on your existing plan and you'll have a very advanced piece of equipment. It's a reasonable amount of money to spend, but in comparison to the job it does, I think it's a very important place to spend money on the farm. Um, and we're seeing that more and more noticeable as the years go by. With The season we've just been through has been extremely tough. And as far as um, irrigated farmers, have haven't had a lot of moisture. We haven't had a huge amount of rainfall to fill the profiles up, but we're seeing... Um, more consistently that people are ringing and wanting to get their planters up to speed because they can see that it is probably the most important tool that they've got on the farm. Um, We've got to get that seed in the ground and get it germinated so that we can pull the combines and the pickers out of the shed. So quite often that's the most expensive. The harvesting equipment is the most expensive tool in the shed and compared to that, the planter is probably a small investment.
0: And so far as technology changing the results for farmers, um, is there anything that we can sort of be excited about uh, you know coming on the horizon?
1: We just had um, precision cleaning winter conference in the states that um we visited well, they've got a couple of tools that they've just released for beta testing. one of them is depth control, so the depth control um on the row unit where we're using a smart firmer to determine how much moisture is in the soil, um, and given the parameters we set in the display, adjust that row unit up or down to keep the soil um, sorry, keep the seed placed in good moisture. And the closing system is another product of released. And we were lucky enough to run that on our own planner during this season and it, it's an amazing system. It's um, um, closing seems to be the one thing that all the guys that come to field days and talk to us, they all say that they're having trouble closing that seed trench. We can open it with a set of discs, drop the seed in there, but unless we do a good job of closing it, you know that seed's not going to germinate. So, I think the the new um, closing system from Precision plan is going to be something to watch because I see a lot of growers have have so much trouble and I guess us in particular some of the good heavy heavy clay type soils that are really good once the seed comes out of the ground can be the toughest to close so I guess there's a large number of precision they got, have got about 70 engineers working there so they're continually um, working on products that will increase the profitability of farmers so it's an exciting company to work with.
0: And Dave, lastly, if if you weren't um, in the business of agricultural sales and with precision seeding solutions, what would you be doing?
1: I guess I'd be farming, So, um, which we're also doing, but yeah, we'd be farming probably. And we did spend a short period of time contract harvesting, but um, I guess we would be farming. Farming's a passion of mine, so... It's really nice to um, combine both businesses, the precision planting business, because we're able to talk to a large number of growers, and I get the opportunity to, to learn as much off the growers as they learn off us. So it's it's a real pleasure to be invited on um, a lot of farmers' places.
0: Behind the Seed podcast is proudly brought to you by Pacific Seeds, breeding, producing, and supplying leading broadacre seed solutions.